Swinet. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Everyone wants to hire more people, but it's actually the back door that's the problem because people are leaving about as fast as you're hiring them. And if you can ever get the back door uh, fixed, uh, the front door is not near as big of an issue. Swine Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding, Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool, NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions, Zimpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance, and Genesis, the first power in genetics. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about every pig. The truth is, precision swine production is not the future, it's the present. Every pig is the intelligent pig health platform. It is a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Request a free 20 minutes demonstration at www.everypig.co. Hello everyone, today we are hosting Dr. Larry Coleman and we'll get his thoughts on pigs and people. How are you Dr. Coleman? I'm doing great, thanks for calling. Thank you for your time and uh, let's get right into it. Dr. Coleman, how did you get involved in pig production and walk us through your career so far? Yep, so um, I graduated from veterinary college in 1980 long time ago, and um, I was going to do uh, cattle the rest of my life, cow-calf, mm -hmm. and I moved back to my home area, which is a cattle area, and um, a strange set of circumstances, but um, six years later, I found myself um, enjoying doing the small amount of swine work that I did, and I ended up going to North Carolina to do a swine residency at uh, Raleigh, uh, North Carolina State University, birthplace and the birth time of the modern swine evolution that occurred in America. Uh, I saw what was happening there, and um, I decided to uh, hurry back home and uh, start a swine career because I wanted to participate in that, and uh, I was very interested in seeing that um, that industry that I saw developing, uh, I, I wanted that to happen in my home area. So that's how I ended up back in Nebraska. That's very cool. Awesome. Um, so let's start, Dr. Coleman, with your thoughts about pigs, and then we move uh, to your thoughts about people. So about pigs, um, what have been your biggest lessons on pig production in general so far? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, initially, um, back in the 80s uh, or early 90s, uh, people thought they could build these very big herds and isoene production was going to solve all of our health concerns. And so um, I guess one thing that I've learned is uh, that 
disease pathogens always seem to stay one step ahead of us. And uh, as a veterinarian, um, we thought pretty naively back in the 90s that disease was going to be eliminated. And it's interesting that 40 years later, uh, that's still one of our biggest challenge facing our industry. I guess the other thing I learned, um, if I could have another thing that I've learned, was uh, the, the difficulty of putting a team together on a farm and having it function as a as a world class team, uh, very difficult. I think the sports analogy works very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can hire all the right people, but at the end of the day, uh, some teams perform very well and some don't. So that'd be the two things that I learned. Uh, disease is always right there facing us, and uh, the people is um, one of the bigger issues in our industry. Very interesting. Um, I love that. So, and you work with some very healthy herds. Uh, I'm sure you have some herds that uh, that have uh, some outbreak sometimes. Um, but I know it works with some very healthy herds as well. What is the key for great pig health? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I give total credit uh, to the ownership uh, for creating a culture of of health and uh, I'm blessed because geographically uh, my area is uh, somewhat um, low pig density so if owners um, are committed uh, to healthy herds uh, this is an area that you can achieve it but I will say that even if you put a, um, a herd on the moon uh, unless you have commitment to uh, biosecurity, et cetera, uh, you will lose that. And I am blessed with uh, two owners in particular uh, that are very committed uh, to biosecurity and they're willing to spend the money to create a culture that's conducive to that. They, they not only um, verbalize that um, health is important, uh, they open their checkbooks and make sure that the the pieces are in place to ensure that health continues. Very nice. Um, maybe a follow-up question on, on health, um, Larry. Um, from a more tactical standpoint, what do you see today might be the biggest opportunity uh, for for the for farms in general on the health side? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know. Um, I've been kind of on the outside of filtration. Uh, that has been very intriguing to me. Um, and it looks like that has been highly uh, successful. We've incorporated that technology and it's allowed pigs to um, um, be raised successfully in areas where where it was thought at one time that maybe the the, the female herds or the sow herds would have to be abandoned. So that is a great interest, but you know, uh, production systems aren't becoming their own worst enemy Mm -hmm. by creating too much density in a location and that they're spending the money uh, to make sure that they're, they're not bringing disease home to their, to their farm. That's very, very good. Um, now let's transition to, to people, Dr. Coleman. 
The culture in some of the production systems you work with are very unique. Um, what are key aspects to create a powerful culture? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I've been somewhat convinced uh, over the last uh, 10 to 20 years, the ownership um, is the one that uh, sets the culture. And I, I believe the primary way they do that is they are the ones that are responsible for hiring the people underneath them. And these people uh, either um, be caring people and when I talk about caring, I'm talking about caring about uh, people, or they can be non-caring people uh, that really don't care about people. They just want to get things done. And then that, those people, they have, they're responsible for hiring people. So I think this, this um, ideal of how important people is starts at the top and then gradually works down through supervisors, managers, and then at the pig, pig level. And I think I've become convinced that people on farms, uh, they have a sense whether the uh, ownership, the management actually cares about them or whether it's just about uh, dollars at the end of the day. Wow. Yeah, I never thought about that. Um, two categories, uh, people that care about people and people that don't care so much yeah i love that um what is uh, one tactic that our listeners could implement today uh, to improve the culture in their farms well th th there's lots of things and so i'm not necessarily saying that um, um, this is the most important thing but i think if people at the farm saw upper management on their farms uh, that would be powerful and uh, not only saw those people, but the people that are on the farms felt listened to. And so um, if, if upper management would come to the farms and listen to the people and not necessarily uh, criticize them, but just listen to their problems, and some of their problems are fixable and some of them are not, but I think uh, people that are working with pigs um, they they need to have their concerns heard and they need to feel like they're they're being listened to. That makes total sense. Um, hmm. It reminds me from a book. I forgot which book was it, but um, you know you you go to a barbecue and and you don't talk much. You just listen. At the end of the the barbecue, um, whoever you're talking to thinks you are great, but you didn't say anything. <laughs> That's, exactly. That's yes. the nature of human beings. Yes. But then, like you said, you know, listening and, and, and fixing what you can fix, too. Yes. But part of that is being willing to ask questions rather than just uh, lecturing people. So hmm. that uh, a good listener, I think, is also good at asking questions and getting to the bottom of how the people are feeling. Yes. And, and I... I've definitely uh, noticed in my interactions with you that you are great at that. Um, do, do you have any general tips for us? Yeah. Um, you know, um, general tips. Um, I've kind of built a career around asking questions. Uh, that's how I teach. That's how I learn. Um, I think I was born with curiosity, um, which helps. But um, if anything that you can do to drive curiosity, 
uh, I think is a great thing because I think uh, curiosity drives uh, the desire to ask questions. And uh, I'm not sure if I have a flow chart on how to develop your curiosity, <laughs> but that's a skill that definitely needs developed. Very interesting. Love it. Anything else about pig production, pig health, or people before we move to the three questions we ask every guest? Yeah, on the questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, not really. Um, you know, I think um, um, the difficulties uh, facing the industry, you know, I probably didn't allude to this enough, but getting farm staff, that's just a fight everywhere you go. Um, if you can be a producer that is able to achieve staffing and uh, keep uh, staffing there because everyone wants to hire more people, but it's actually the back door that's the problem because hmm. people are leaving about as fast as you're hiring them. Mm -hmm. And if you can ever get the back door uh, fixed, uh, the front door is not near as big of an issue. And Uh, it, it's not easy, but that is the, um, the where we need to focus. Mm -hmm. what, what would be a realistic while uh, aggressive uh, turnover rate to, to, to aim for? You know, I think if you could get around 20% mm -hmm. uh, yearly, um, that would be ideal. That's very manageable. Uh, when you get up over 50%, it becomes very uh, unmanageable. And then you're just kind of in a staffing creates short staffing. And so if you're short staffed, the number one thing you need to fix is short staffing. Um, I know that's a play on words, but <laughs> nobody likes to be at a workplace where there's not enough people to do the work. Right. And then you get into that uh, Pyro, death, death spiral. Yes. Very good. NutriQuest delivers targeted breakthrough solutions to animal producers via nutritional and non-nutritional products, services, and technologies. At NutriQuest, we believe in ingenuity inspired by servitude and that our success comes from helping producers realize improved profitability through optimized technologies and efficient operations. It is time to our famous three. All right. Um, so the three questions, Dr. Coleman, we ask every guest, every episode. The first one is, uh, what's your favorite swine-related book? Um, that's a great question. I guess I've become a millennial over the last 10 years, whatever <laughs> that means, but... I used to read a lot of books, but interestingly, over the last five years, I've discovered YouTube and podcasts. Um, I'm having, a, just like everyone else, about a 10-minute um, um, attention span, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I love podcasts, I love YouTube stuff, and I love anything that's short and that I can listen to when I'm traveling. Uh, so. As a category, that has kind of become my favorite go-to way to access information. Very nice. Yeah, I'll tell you that I've been doing a lot of audiobooks as well instead of um, yeah. because you can multitask that way. And, um, and then the YouTube videos, you can filter less than four minutes and you look. And then I look at the ratio of likes to dislikes. 
in that alone already tell you if the video is good or not. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love YouTube. I, I know there's other stuff, but I, I watch stuff on there all the time. It's become a big time waster for me. So. Well, yeah, and, and you can, like, if you want to listen to interviews or whatever, it's, yeah, yeah love it. Very cool. Um, how about, I guess, I don't know if we already answered the second question, uh, but um, any book or unrelated to swine or anything, could be a book, could be a movie, could be a documentary that is unrelated to swine? Um, you know, um, I guess the only thing I would say is that um, I'm a history student mm -hmm. and um, I love history. Um, sometimes even in the swine industry, um, I don't think people understand uh, how we got to where we were at. Um, so maybe I'm not answering your question, but uh, when I want to listen or uh, read other material, it's always history uh, because I think uh, whether it was a thousand years ago or yesterday, uh, we're still facing the same problems with people and uh, logistics and um, things like that. So, History as a category would be my favorite book. So, Love it. Very nice. All right. And then the last question is, uh, what separates successful swine professionals from those that are not? Yeah, great question. Um, I can answer for myself. I, uh, and I hate to call myself successful because um, sometimes I don't feel that way, but <laughs> I'm, where, I'm where I'm at today because 30, 40 years ago, I was willing to make a commitment uh, to get some, to, some learning in a different area. And uh, I've kind of been in an area that ha does not have a lot of pigs. And I've always felt like it's been hard for me to procure information because I haven't had um, uh, 20 swine vets uh, in offices next to me. Hmm. But um, I guess my skill that has made helped me a lot is my ability to um, ask questions, but also um, be aware of who is out there that is being successful. And I always say, I don't want to invent anything. I just want to be a copier. Mm -hmm. And so I think I try to copy success whenever I see it. And I try to figure out why they're uh, successful and then try to copy it. So once again, uh, curiosity and asking questions uh, is my go-to strength, I guess. Mm -hmm. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yes. Yeah. Very powerful. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I always love how you can be very objective and, and powerful in, in, in your uh, answers, uh, Dr. Common. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for, yes, I, great talking to you. So.